Welcome to the March 2018 edition of Book Plate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. And now for introductions. My name is Annie. I am your amateur podcast enthusiast and uh, newbie sound recording engineer member of the san francisco chapter or forever young adult and i'm brit also from sffya yay as you know we discuss our books like a meal and next up is our amuse bouche in a story elegantly told back and forth in time to keep us on our toes we learn how a girl can become the center of her own story through traditionally masculine means where violence and ruthlessness are necessary for the outcome Another Not Nice Girl from author E. Lockhart. And our other cover takes. So my other is Jamile. And I asked him what he thought. And he said, somebody who cut all their hair off and from the title, someone who's good at being fake. Okay. <clears throat> and I read this book when we were on a family vacation. And so I also asked Jamile's brother Malcolm what he thought the book was about. And he said identity theft. Which That's is pretty, pretty spot much, on. Yeah, <laughs> just like way more extreme than your average identity thief probably takes it. Right. <laughs> um, I asked my husband, Garrett. So we talked about the uh, February and March books at the same time. The February book was A Thousand Pieces of You. And we talked about that one in depth just because I love that book. So I've talked to him about it a lot already. So I guess he was feeling the need to balance out serious conversation with just pure ridiculousness. So he's like, well, obviously it's about a shaggy blonde dog. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, that's the fraud. It's a dog like dressing up as a person or a person dressing up as a dog. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get any real answers <laughs> out of you. <laughs> and then I started to tell him what the book was about. He's like, so it's like a body snatchers kind of thing. And I'm just like, yeah, that's closer. So that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of it being a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fraud. <laughs> Our appetizer for this month is New York Bagels, which I really like, and The Edgy Orphans. We learn early on that our main character likes The Edgy Orphans, Jane Eyre, Vanity Fair, Great Expectations. And I'm wondering, what is it about orphans that are compelling to literature? Is it specific to British imperialism, US, U.S. colonial capitalism, or is there some other thing that, for reason that we like orphans? Harry Potter is the first thing that jumps into my mind. I feel like... I don't know if it sounds terrible to say like wish fulfillment, but I feel like on some level as a kid reading about a kid who gets to make all their own decisions or like, you know, doesn't have to do what their parents tell them to do and has more freedom is like kind of appealing in a way. Mm. That sounds bad. No. I don't mean it to say like, yay, it's fun being an orphan and not having parents, but like on some level, you know, you know, home alone, right? Yeah. Where the kid's like, I just want my family to go away. And he wakes up the next morning. He's like, I made my family go away. Yes. And he has like the run of the house. It's like that, mm -hmm. you know, where that's what I think. That's an interesting take on it. I was thinking it's more like there's this whole British history of children losing their parents either in the industrial revolution, either to like disease or the workhouse or some other reason why the parents couldn't keep the child, you know, and that it's like a colonial tradition of this British literature that we've kind of adopted in the U.S., um, especially on the East Coast, for this, like, 
make what I mean again back to what you said make whatever you want of yourself yeah but the reason you have to do that is because you've lost your parents or maybe it's like the break there is like you've come to the new world and you get to make whatever you want of yourself and so now that we don't have any more like colonial new world to colonize we we use orphans as a way to like make whatever we want of ourselves in literature that might be like a too grandiose but (laughs) i don't know it could also be that realistically like how many kids would be having these kinds of adventures like when their parents are like you need to be home by 10 and like do your homework like that's not fun to read about (laughs) that's like everybody's life so if parents are not in the story then it makes it more plausible that you know kids could go out and have these grand adventures and do things that they wouldn't be allowed to do in real life so maybe it's like slightly like a logistical thing Mm. like if they don't have this character then it makes sense that this kid would be doing like whatever they want the ones that she mentions here like Jane Eyre Vanity Fair and Great Expectations are a lot of those are about class movement like throwing off the class that you come from or like your undistinguished class and becoming part of the distinguished class and we definitely see that in this story yeah Um, yeah (laughs) we have uh, I mean especially in the story we have a monetary edge in fantasy being an orphan Gives you some sort of unknown destiny, destiny, but in contemporary fiction, it's always tied to money. Money somehow. We re- it really is capitalist. It really is this like whole concept of like, you get rid of your poor, meager, mediocre uh-huh. parents, and s- somehow through your own means, you like come into the wealth of the people who were supposed to be yours to begin with. Yeah. Have you ever read any Horatio Alger stuff? Uh-uh. It's Horatio Alger is the person who wrote all these rags to riches orphan stories. Okay. Like Ragged Dick, I think, is the traditional one. But again, it's the same like poor orphan, orphan becomes rich. You know, like little orphan Annie, poor orphan becomes rich, gets daddy more bucks. Like a lot of it is like poor orphan somehow becomes rich. And that is like, why do we have to get rid of our parents <laughs> to become rich? But when we look at, you know, this country, intergenerational wealth is one of the main tells of how what your means are right and interesting we have systematic systematically taken that intergenerational wealth away from black and brown people in this country and it's only white people that get it and yet all of these orphan stories are specifically about white people yeah that's true i don't know i i think that's really just there's something there to that that is i find very intriguing (laughs) our main course is hot macaroni with butter and cheese also Murdering cold blood. <laughs> uh, Jules murders Brooke in cold blood. Uh, Jules is our is our main character. By that point, it seems like they don't and maybe never liked each other. Did we buy that she was making herself over for the girl? Or do you think it was always going to end up this way? When do you think she decided on this course of action in the story? I don't know if I could pinpoint an exact time in the story, but I knew it was coming. I was like, okay, it's going to happen while they're on this boat in the middle of nowhere and there are no witnesses. (laughs) I think if the story had been told front to back, it might be easier to pinpoint a specific like, oh, okay, here's the time where she's decided like she can get away with this, you know, whatever. But even then it was kind of an accident, quote unquote, because like she hit her like not really meaning to kill her. And then she was just like, oh, huh. All right. (laughs) whatevs <laughs> i'm just gonna keep on keep it on yeah so i don't i don't know the the way that the story was told 
made it hard to for me to just like point to an exact moment where it's like okay yeah now she's gonna kill her and take over completely did you think that she was trying to make herself what her friend wanted or did you always suspect that she was trying to like take over her friend's life I thought for a while anyway that she just wanted she was just kind of desperate and wanted to be wanted this girl to like her and just took it too far so I didn't see taking over her life like from the beginning but there was a point when I was just like oh okay this is more than that Mm. (laughs) yeah I really I don't know it I kind of want to read the book again backwards like starting with the last chapter because it literally is just told backwards it's like okay here this like FBI agent shows up two weeks before that blah 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 blah, and then a few days before that and it's just like okay it took me a minute to get it but I think the choice of telling the story like that um really added a lot to the book but I would kind of want to like go back and reread it in order just to pick up on the little things that I might have missed while I was grappling with like wait where am I in time yeah yeah I it was interesting I feel like that's such a hard way to do character development but it was done so well yeah it worked yeah it really worked E. Lockhart just really such an astounding author even if I don't like your murder your murder girls (laughs) 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 they're not I think they're intentionally not supposed to be likable but right (laughs) I'm always impressed yeah because by the time you get to the very end and she like schemes to meet the mom you're like she was really down for the long con like that is commitment right (laughs) yeah and everybody likes her yeah Oh, man, I'm listening to You Must Remember This podcast, and I'm listening to the, the series on the Manson, Char- Charles oh. Manson's Hollywood, and how everyone just, like, liked him. I just, it just, like, it was kind of like that. I mean, granted, Jules isn't going around killing too many people. Isn't charisma, like, a a common trait among a sociopath yeah probably i mean i would assume so since they managed to get so close to so many people right i also don't know if it's socio or psycho i don't know what the difference is to be honest i don't know mass murders (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was the creepy part like you're harboring the person who's gonna do you harm in your house and you're giving them all your stuff and you're like i mean you're supporting them yeah to the point where they kill you I don't know. She would have had to have been close with the mom from the beginning, which it later turned out that she was. Because when I was first reading, before I knew, like, how, you know, deep she got in and how she really, like, went straight for the mom, Mm -hmm. I was like, why would this girl's mom believe that she had written a will at her age, first of all, and, like, second of all, to just give everything to this friend? Like, Mm -hmm. that would really be suspicious, but once you get to the end and realize she's like hooked the mom in and like made her trust her from the beginning then it's like oh damn (laughs) i guess she wouldn't question it right because you think this person is you know one thing yeah oh man creepy yeah this book really creeped me out (laughs) i was just like oh my gosh (laughs) because you felt like or i felt like while i was reading it like it wasn't too it was it was unusual, but not impossible for someone to do this in real life. So it's just like, ah. <laughs> right? You, it almost seems like a true story. Yeah, yeah, it could be. 
on page 76, our character asks, well, they quote Leontes from The Winter's Tale in Shakespeare. Do you think a person is as bad as their worst actions? And that is a, such a telling question. I mean, this kind of goes back to last month, like where we have all these souls and we have the souls in the different dimensions. Do yeah. you think your soul is as bad as like right. your like worst dimensional self? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a really good question because, like, we've all done really terrible things, you know. I definitely have. I, I have a particular thing that I still, I mean, I definitely feel bad about things I've done in the past to this day. But there are certain things that I really do just, like, were not cool. And then I also, like, contemplate harm sometimes to people. I have, I have people, like, harassing me on the internet right now. So sometimes I have, like, a fantasy where those people disappear. <laughs> But, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'm the type of person that would actually do that. But who knows if I was pushed to a point. Yeah. Just like to make you feel better. When I was in elementary school and uh, we played Oregon Trail on like computer days, <laughs> I would name the characters after people <laughs> that I didn't like, like girls that were mean to me and uh, kill them off on purpose. <laughs> Be like, oh, I'm so sorry, Lauren, you died of cholera. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and it was my own little <laughs> weird like. <laughs> yeah way to i don't know whatever wish they had disappeared yeah so i feel like everybody does that on some level but like most of us are not gonna we can draw the line between fantasy and reality yeah like that's why it's it's just fucking stupid when people are like it's video games that are making people murder everybody like uh no, lots of people play shoot 'em up video games, but they understand the difference between a game and killing a person. Yes. Well, once you said that, I was like, maybe I need to play more video games and name my enemies after my <laughs> 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 the people harassing me. <laughs> I would always pick the banker too because the banker was useless, except that you started out with more money. Yeah. So like, if you're the doctor, you can heal people. If you're the carpenter, you can fix the wagon. I'm like, I'm gonna be the banker so I can do nothing to help you when you contract dysentery <laughs> <laughs> or whatever dysentery. I don't know how to say it. That's hilarious. It's <laughs> like I'll throw some coins at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh I was man. a fun child. Um, have you seen or read The Winter's Tale by Shakespeare? I haven't no. seen that one. No, I haven't. It's apparently also like I was reading up a little bit on it just so I had some more context, but apparently it's also one where historians have a hard time categorizing it. They don't know if it's a tragedy or a romance or whatever it is. And so I think that's also similar to this book, like, is she kind of in love with this girl right. or does she just want to be her? And then it is a tragedy. But then if you are rooting for jewels, like maybe it's a triumphant uh-huh. win, you know, that other girl was kind of not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was, it was really well written. Oh, when she memorized her handwriting to write the fake suicide note, like that was just like, dude, um, <laughs> Our dessert is affogato. I love affogato. Love when you haven't found yourself. What do you think about the relationship between our main character and the boy she actually liked? Is that realistic? She only talked to him as the other girl, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. I mean, on some level, it was more than... I mean, the ultimate goal was the money, but... 
she, you know, kind of stopped to enjoy the perks that went with it before even getting all of the money. And I think, like, that was just her chance to see if she could pull it off or, you know, on some level it's like, oh, maybe I probably couldn't get a guy like this if I was myself. But as, what's the other guy? Or it's Jules. Or Jules wait, what's the name that she, Jules is the name that she takes, I think. Took on, right? I can't remember what her original. I mean, it, it was yeah. so confusing, I have to say. Yeah. She did, I mean, again, did it so well. It's like, you don't really know which one is the more authentic Right, right? yeah. And then when the, when the real girl's boyfriend like was there too yeah. and she was like oh my god he's gonna hear him call me by the wrong name it's gonna like ruin my whole plan yeah oh uh, yeah so i think that was just sort of like trying on the costume of this other girl mm. and seeing like what can i do as her that i don't think i could do as me interesting i thought she but it, in the story like she actually likes him like she actually lets him right. touch her yeah. and all this stuff that but it's not like she can go back right once she's already you know she's like oh, okay i like you i'm gonna be honest with you now i actually killed my friend quote unquote friend and stole their identity but you love me for telling the truth right <laughs> brownie points for being honest like you know that wouldn't have worked so she had to once she started she had to keep it up yeah <laughs> oh man Whew. did you want to say anything else before we go to the drinks um no i don't think so cool our drinks are Diet Coke and a shot of vanilla. She actually is, like, very specific about what she eats and drinks. She, like, has her certain specific things. I think that's a tell of, like, how tightly she has – she needs to keep control over the situation. Like, it mm-hmm. really could run away at any time. And her, like, meeting out what she eats and drinks and, like, doing all the exercise and being so very specific with her physical self is a way to, like – keep that mental game in check yeah the one the topic i put in here is female friend groups which is a you know a regular thing that comes up with uh ya and also something that we're familiar with in this book the mutual friends dislike each other because of their shared friend and i want to know if you think this is an accurate depiction of female friend groups do we think not having social circles that build us up is a young adult teenager thing that we grow out of or a social set thing that's a, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that because I haven't really figured it out <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> I mean, it definitely seems realistic that you could, you know, have two friends, but they not get along. Yeah, because I've been in that situation before. Uh. As the middle friend or like one of the two friends? The middle friend. Yeah. So did you not have your friends hang out with each other or did you force them to hang out with each no, other? No, I would hang out separately because uh. I just didn't want to deal with the drama. Because <laughs> in this book, she just like, the middle friend doesn't even care. Right. She, you know, it's kind of like a game to her, I think. Yeah. To throw people in the group in the group that don't like each other. Yeah. I don't know. I always felt like that was such a weird power play. Like, in middle school, I had that situation where it wasn't, that I didn't like the other girl. I was just pretty convinced that she didn't like me Uh and basically didn't want to share the friend. Okay. Yeah. It was jealousy over like the time and like whose attention the, the the friend, the middle friend gave both of us. And so the end result of that is actually when that friend got married. Well, she met her partner who she would marry and we all went to the same college, not, not in the same year, but we went to the same college. 
she met the person she was going to marry the other friend got so jealous she did a complete break and Mm. has like refused to see that friend pretty much since then and like cut off social ties and maybe respond to an email now and then even though they were so close for years and years and years like through college yeah and I always thought that I mean my personal opinion was because I thought that the girl who broke ties was in love with the other girl oh I thought it was more than just a friendship I thought it was like actually more of a romantic love and I don't know if they like couldn't come to terms with that or like weren't okay or didn't even talk about that or what the deal was because like how I I just couldn't come to like why I couldn't wrap my head around like why else would you break with a friend who finally found their partner that they love and like wouldn't you want to support them if that was your goal but if that person is usurping your space as the person that's supposed to be the partner yeah then I understand that reasoning but yeah it's it's interesting like the whole that whole dynamic was something I was so uncomfortable with and as an adult if I try not to put people together who don't like each other I try to make sure I only host safe spaces it's very intentional like I want to be able to have groups that are mixed and groups of people that maybe not hang out regularly but are still like safe to hang out around and aren't going to say something like really dumb or (laughs) or make someone else uncomfortable because the world is not a safe space so like what are we doing if we're not building that for our friends yeah but then like again back to this like social set thing I think there's this whole built-in competition among like certain classes and 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 women are encouraged to not actually be friends but to wait to kind of take out that other and like usurp their space yeah um what you were saying before about the situation with your friend who got married reminded me or made me think of a couple of things so it made me think of bridesmaids because <laughs> uh, yes. that is like the situation of the movie kind of like the girl who's getting married has like you know, the one friend who's, like, and then the best friend from a long time ago, and they completely clash. And then maybe the person who got mad saw the spouse as an obstacle in their quest to take over your friend's life, mm. <laughs> just like in this book. And now, yeah, and now she's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Been thwarted. Someone in my way <laughs> to my ultimate quest to take over their identity. <laughs> Well, I'm glad they couldn't take over their identity. <laughs> it's a way of like defining love. Like, what do you define love as? Like, if you really, there's this whole adage of like, if you love, set it, set that person free. Like, if you do truly love somebody, you have to let them make their own decisions. Right. You can't control them. That's why I'm pretty sure, like, she never actually liked this girl. <laughs> no, she liked what she represented like the money and the status yeah. and the carefree life and i mean the to the point where she invented like this weird this like superhero backstory for right. herself where like her parents were murdered and she watched it all happen and she was whisked away to spy school to learn how to be a secret agent where it's like her parents died in a car accident and her aunt took her in like she's just always looking for other ways to define and invent herself so she found the per- the person that she wanted to be and then like took them over. Ah, yeah. it's so creepy. <laughs> I kind of hope this gets made into a movie because it would be really good. It would be really interesting. Yeah. I would love to see that dynamic of the two girls like getting closer until they are the same person. <laughs> <coughs> all right. That's all I have to talk about. Is there anything else you want to bring up? Uh, no, I think that's it. 
All right. So then until next month, we wish you delicious reading, only tasty books. <laughs> Bye. Bye. green we guess fine